So I, I was trying to think, nothing. So last, you know, 10, 15 minutes, literally, the last 10, 15 minutes, I decided today what we're going to do is a little different. I'll, I'll take the time, instead of going through Shilas that I got randomly, I'm going to take the next 25 minutes, half hour, however long it takes, and I'm going to run through um, all the halachas that I could think of that are related to tzedakah and to miser money, because I, it's, it's something I get asked a lot. Um, again, I just jotted down, I have... 16 concepts I, I'm going to ask that I'm just going to try to go through all of it straight if there's a question on what I said that's fine because I, I can't open to questions in the middle because I'm, I'm hopefully going to cover every everything that I can so uh, just to start before we get to the concept of Meiser money because Meiser money and Tzedakah are not necessarily the same Tzedakah is a mitzvah asay doiraisa. there's a positive mitzvah and a negative averis two lavim for avoiding an ani, and that is if a poor person comes to you, you have a positive mitzvah to give them tzedakah. That's it. That has nothing to do with meiser. Whether you gave meiser, whether you didn't give meiser, there's a positive mitzvah to take care of aniyim. And if an ani comes to you, you have a positive mitzvah to give him as much as you can. You could fulfill that obligation by giving a quarter. But really, you're supposed to conceptually take care of the ani. That's the concept. Now, what we'll get to, meiser is different. Now, meiser was, we'll get to the source of meiser in a little bit. The, the issue with that mitzvah being the sole obligation is that if you're someone who a poor person never approaches, you'll go your whole life without ever giving tzedakah. Right? Again, there was never, it was a poor person came to you or eventually it, it developed that they would go to the top, the, they would go to the, the Rav HaKihila and they would have like a tax that they would collect from every Jew and they would go to the Rav and the Rav would give, the Gabbai Tzedakah would give some of the money. But conceptually, you're supposed to just, when an ani comes to you, give him tzedakah. You give him as much as you can, as much as they need, and that's how you fulfill your obligation. The reason why there's a concept of meiser, whatever the source is, we'll, we'll get to, minig, derabonon, deraisa, we'll get to that. That was because you could have someone that goes through his whole year. He gives $2 to tzedakah because two people came to him that year and he fulfilled the obligation, and then that's, that's all he gives. So meiser is more of a formulated 10%. But the concept of tzedakah is a mitzvah to give to anim. Now, that's concept number one. Again, I'm going to run through 16 and then open to questions. Concept number two, um, actually, we'll go th- a little out of order. Number two is like this. What is the heter to not give tzedakah? Forget about Misa for a second. A guy comes to you collecting, and you're like, meh, I, I, don't, have, I, don't, I don't have anything on me. You have something on you. What's the heter to not give? Like, what, what's the heter to not give? So, the truth is like this. If, if they're not collecting for themselves, you obviously don't have to give them. You know, a lot of times the Meshulachim and Chassidim that'll come during Davin, they're not collecting for themselves. They're collecting for someone else. You don't have to give them. They're not poor. But Inani comes to you with the two da, the paper, even without the paper, he comes to you and he says, can I have, can I have some money? I have an Inani, can I have some money? What's the Hetzer to not give him? So, it's a complicated thing. There should be a Hetzer. I want to mention a Hetzer. I'm not going to say that you're over a lav every single time. It, it happens that someone says, can I have some money? On Main Street, that someone says, I have some money. And you don't want to give them. So what's the Hetzer? So it's like this. It's, it's unclear from the Rishayim and the Achorayim, but I'll tell you from the Sefer Pesach Machubis, this is his conclusion. The conclusion is like this. There is a the positive mitzvah and the, not the positive mitzvah, the Iser Da'iraisa, the negative commandment, of avoiding someone who's poor, who asks for money, the negative commandment from the Torah, most Rishonim hold, only applies if they don't have money for that day. Meaning they're so poor that they don't have to get them through the next 24 hours. Now, obviously, we don't, 
Baruch Hashem, the Aniyim that are coming to you, they're not in such matziv that, that they don't have food for the next 24 hours. They're just poor. So there's an interesting Ramah. The Ramah says like this. Again, I'm going to run through all the halachas that I can of tzedakah and ma'isa. In the end, I'm happy to take as much questions as anyone wants. The Ramah writes in Simon Reish Mem Tes. In the beginning of Reish Mem Zayin, the Ramah says that if you avoid an ani, you're over two lavim from the Torah. Then the Ramah writes in Reish Mem Tes if Dalid, that if a poor person asks you for money and you say you don't give him even, if you give him a penny, you're yaitza. Yaitza sign. If you give him a nickel, a dime, a quarter. But he says if you send them away with nothing, you're over a posik in Tehillim al Yoshev Dach Nechlam. You're over a posik in, 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 in uh, Nevim and Ksuvim. So all the Mechafarshim say, I thought it's also from the Torah. What's, it's Torah or Nevim and Ksuvim. So the answer is like this. If they don't have for 24 hours and you send them away, you're over an Issa Deraisa. If they have like RNE and they have what to get by, but you send them away, you're over a posik in Nevimik Suvim. So that's not good either. That's not a good thing. But there's a story from the Stipler, and this is the Hatter. The Stipler was once walking with Chaim Moiser in the Vilna Shul, and there were a tremendous amount of Aniyim, as one could imagine. That was the main Shul. And the Stipler turned to Chaim Moiser. It's brought down by all the Swarm, this Maiser. The Stipler turned to Chaim Moiser, and he said, What's, I, I can't give to everybody. Like, should I not come to Shul? So Chaim Moiser said, It's fine. He said he used to have this problem with saying hello to everybody. He used to try to greet everybody. And he couldn't see. He says, it's fine. So what's the explanation? So Chaim, uh, Zatal, and other Paiskim explain, because it's just in Isser from Nevim and Suvim to send them away, because they have for 24 hours, the perception is that because they know people are going to turn them away, they know it's a numbers game, right? When they go to people in Shul or when they go, they know that not everybody's going to give to them. It's sort of like there's a mechila, meaning the Isser of Navi is based on you don't want to embarrass them by sending them away. They know that people are going to send them away. So it's sort of like there's a mechila. That was, that's potentially the heter. But that's, that would be the heter, again, to, 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 to not give someone tzedakah. Again, so a, but, but that's not really what I want to focus on tonight. Number three, halacha number three. I'm going to go through 16 halachas and then I'm hoping for, for questions. Halacha number three, just good to know there's a sheet of the Rajba. Which is a very interesting Rajba that's quoted by the Ramah. It's not related to, to, to Meiser, but um, a lot of times people will give a jo- donation, a generous donation, and they, they, they feel bad having their names. You know, they want to be anonymous. Okay, fine. But you should know there's a Rajba, and it's brought down by the Ramah. The Rajba says that when someone gives Sadaka, he says, You're allowed to put your name there, you're allowed to publicize your name that you're the donor, and he says, Roy Lasses can. You should do this. Why? Because it incentivizes others to give. So I'm just saying like this. I'm not saying it's brought down by the Ramah, but the, the point is a lot of times people will see, you know, this building is donated. They'll say, well, how, how could, you know, this Sefer every name, a Sefer has a name and the, this and the plaques everywhere. I've heard comments, the plaques this, plaques this. There's a reason because it's based on the Rajba that Roy losses came, that it's a proper thing to be Mepharsim, your name. Listen, if someone wants to do anonymous, I'm not going to say it's us. There were some Paiskim who felt that that's not the right thing to do. I don't think that that's, I think it's, it's fine, but Roy losses, it's a positive thing to, to publicize your name because people walk in, they say, oh, this guy gave. Well, this guy gave, that's a nice thing. I, I, I also want to give. He's, that's why you have like with these, uh, these, uh, 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 a crowd giving campaign. When someone who's, you know, a uh, hush of a person in the neighborhood, he gives, all of a sudden, no, I'm going to give too. I, I want to give. I want to see. And th- th- it's, not, it's, not, it's not something that's, you know, a gaiva dikazach. It's brought down by the Ramah. That's Roy Lasses can. And Rav Pam, my father had maizim with Rav Pam. And Rav Pam said, the Rajma says this. That's what the Rajma says. So you, definitely, you definitely can rely on that. Uh, halacha number four. Now, this is, now I want to change to Meiser. Now let's talk about Meiser. Um, the, again, the obligation of tzedakah is a poor person comes to you and it's dafka, a poor person, and, and you're supposed to take care of them. But that's not the classic shayla most people do. Most people want to know about miser. 
Meiser is that 10% of your money doesn't belong to you. That's the way the Titliezer held. It doesn't belong to you. 10% of your money goes to poor people. 10% is given to tzedakah and to chesed organizations. Now, the question is, what is the source of Meiser? What is the concept of Meiser? Where does it come from? So we know there's obviously Meiser in the Torah, but the Meiser in the Torah is not Meiser money. Meiser in the Torah is Meiser 10% of, they would give grain to poor people. Where's the concept that 10% of your money goes to poor people? So it's a very big shaila. There's a, a phenomenal kuntris by the Tzitzel where he goes through everything. Imamish goes through everything in a beautiful way. And the truth is, some, resh- some Paiskim held that the obligation for Meiser is biblical. More Paiskim held that it's rabbinic. And the overwhelming majority of Paiskim follow the Bach that it is a minig. It is a custom. Now, don't get me wrong, that doesn't mean that it's not something that we should, you know, not follow. It's a custom of Klal Yisrael. A yarmulke is also a custom, according to many Paiskim. That doesn't mean that you cannot wear a yarmulke. But it's a minig. Now, the reason why that's significant is because a lot of times in Halacha, you'll have scenarios where a shaila will come up and the Rabbana will be like, well, do I have to give Meiser? And does this count as Meiser? Well, you got to know this is one of the rules that Ravad Yosef is very good at when, whenever he would go through a shayla. you got to know what the source is. If you're dealing with an obligation that's biblical, then you've got to be pretty strict. If you're dealing with rabbinic, then you're going to be a little more lenient. If you're dealing with a minig, then you follow the minig oilam. And, and because of that, just my, my point to say that, that, that Meiser, and the Chavetz Chaim talks about this in Havas Chesed, that he says that it's a minig of Klal Yisrael. He calls it a minig. He follows the sheet of the Bach, that it's a minig. Once you know it's a minig, that doesn't mean to be lenient. It just means you got to know when the shaylas come up, okay. Listen, Ramesha Feinstein supposedly, I heard this from a Talmud of his, that if there was a couple that was financially tight, they were strapped with cash, he would be much more lenient when it comes to Meiser. That was because he was following the approach that it's a minute. We'll, we'll go through that in a little bit. But the point is, the Pashtus, the source for Meiser, is a, uh, it's a minute of Klal Yisrael. Now, there's a fascinating sheet of the Chavz Chaim. This, I, I have a hard time understanding, to be honest with you. I've said this before in Shiurma, I've been asked this question, I don't have an answer. But... Um, the Chavetz Chaim, it's really Chassam Seifer. The Chavetz Chaim says, the first time a Jew gives Meiser, you should say you're doing it, Belinadah. Right? Because if it's a Minig, right, then you want to keep it a Minig. A Minig is a custom. Once you start doing something, then it's no longer a Minig, then it becomes like a Neder. It becomes like, like if you have a nice thing, a Minig, it's a nice Minig that you want to take upon yourself. Okay, so you want to do this. I, I, I'm not going to throw out one because I can't think of one right now. But there's a minig, not a minig of like Ashkenaz, not a minig of Svardim. Just like, you know, like a, a nice custom you want to take upon yourself. That's great. But once you start doing it a couple times, well, now it's not a minig. Now we're learning Mesechus Nadarim. That's a nether now. And now it has the full stipulations of all, of all Nadarim. And then you have to, if you want to stop, you got to do Ataris Nadarim, and it becomes more complicated. So the Chavetz Chaim writes that before the first time someone gives uh, uh, Meiser money, as I guess a kid, whatever the first time, you should say, I'm doing it, and I'm also doing it I'll, with the stipulation that I can give it to any tzedakah organization, not just for poor people. Now, the reason why, that, that's what Chavz Chaim says. Now, the reason why that I always just have a hard time understanding is because I said this once in a shir years ago, um, and the person asked me, I think it's a phenomenal question, which is, is like, it's not a minig. Right, you're doing a believe another, so it's it's just like so it stays the custom, doesn't say another. But it's not a minig, it's a minig of Klaliusurl for, for hundreds and hundreds of years, so it's like a yamaka. You're, you're not making meaning the concept of like if you want to start something and you want you don't uh, believe another, I'm gonna do this believe another. If I wanna stop, I wanna be able to stop. It's, it's not really up to you to stop because it became a minig of 
all of Klal Yisrael. It's sort of like a yarmulke. A yarmulke the Paiskim describe as a minig because the Gemara in Shabbos says, I think it's Kuf Yudzayin, the Gemara Shabbos, it goes through Amiroyim that would, that would list um, things that they did that were extra credit. It was Taisi Li. It's called the Taisi Li's Gemaras, where this Amara would say, Taisi Li, that I, I didn't walk Dalit Amis without wearing tefillin. Taisi Li, that I never, I never uh, argued with my friends, whatever it is. So one of them is Taisi Li, or Yeshua. Yeshua says, Taisi Li, I always wear a yarmulke. That's what the Gemara says. So the Gra points to that Gemara and says, so you see that there's no obligation to wear a yarmulke. It's not like a chiv, because he says if it was a chiv, he wouldn't say it's extra credit. So the Baltania describes a yarmulke as a minig. But it's a minig that's been accepted amongst Kal Yisrael, so it's not, uh, it's not a minig that... So the whole concept of saying, like, I'm doing it beli neder is a strange thing. But that's what the Chavetz Chaim says, so it's a nice thing to do. I, I don't fully understand it, but that's, that's the sheet of the Chavetz Chaim. Now... I'll say this. We'll get to a little bit of, of calculating, but I, I will just say this. If a couple cannot pay their bills, they're at a matziv where they're in the red. They are, they are losing money this year, meaning they have to borrow money. They cannot afford to pay their bills. Then it's basically universally accepted that at that point, for that matziv, right now, you're an onion. You don't have to give maizer for this temporary thing. But we'll figure out the calculations. I'll explain it in a moment. I just want to make that clear that if there's a, if there's a couple that legitimately... Is they, they can't pay the bills. They pasha can't pay the bills. Then you, you, you ask a shayla, and most likely the rabban will tell you until you could start paying your bills properly, you're considered an onion. You don't have to give meiser. But everything's also all relative because there are some times where you could make a deal with kaned and you could pay it off slowly, and then you should be giving meiser. But we'll get to that in, in a little bit. So he says like this. Um, okay, now. Number seven is, is like this. You have to give meiser from all gains, be it money that you got from work, if you found money on the floor, if you got Yerusha, if you got a gift, all money that's given to you that you, you know, wedding gifts, the chasen kal have to separate meiser. Meiser is separated from all money that you make. Um, even I saw the Paiskim discuss the following scenario. This is interesting. This you sometimes have where you'll have um, parents that the couple, the kids will get married, and they have a job. It's not that you're, you're not fully supporting them, but you want to help them out. So they have a job, and they have, you know, they have stipend, whatever, they're, they're coil, whatever it is. They're, they're, they're making ends meet. But you give them $500 a month just to help with groceries, to help with, you know, like I remember my mother in the beginning, she wanted to, for my brother, like just so we get married, she wanted to pay for his parking, extra parking, $100, whatever it was. So the police can say if... If you could afford your bills without that, then you have to separate Meiser from that. Because it's considered money that you're gaining from your parents. It's considered like money that you gain. Now, if the parents... It's a chiddish to me. That's what I saw the Paiskim say. But I will say this. Let's say you have a couple that, that it's allocated. Let's say they can't really afford everything. And the parents say, listen, I want to... You're struggling financially. I want to pay for your kanad. So then you don't separate Meiser from there because then Mostama, the way you look at it is... The parents are paying Kaned and they're just sort of using you as a, a shliach, as a middleman. But again, my point is just to enforce the concept that all money that you make, you have to separate Maisa from. And it's something that you should be particular with because, again, the Paiskim described, it's, not only is it good for a Jew to give tzedakah, 
but it's not your money. That's how you're supposed to look at it. And not only that, just to mention a quick Ashkafa, if you look at Rav Shimon Shkaf in the introduction to Shari Yaisha, he describes, the Gemara famously said, that, uh, that it's the one mitzvah, that you'll become wealthy by giving tzedakah. So how could that be? How, could, how, could you give, how can you become wealthy by giving money? That doesn't make any sense. So Rav Shimon says, this is how you describe it. It's like someone who, who starts off in a business, and let's say his job is he's, he's supposed to invest. So the boss gives him $100, and he sees what's he going to do with it. If he takes the $100 and uses it properly, and he makes money from it, then the boss will happily give him 1000 and give him 10000 If he uses the money improperly, the boss is not going to give him the money. He says, HaKadosh Baruch gives you money. It's not your money. He's, he wants to see, are you going to invest it in the company, which is Klal Yisrael. If you do, then he's happy to give you more. If you don't, then, you know, then it makes it more complicated. So, okay. Uh, now, he, here's the deal. There was a shita of, let's figure out how do you calculate meiser, meaning when do I give? So what can I deduct, basically? Let's say a person makes $50,000. So $50,000, you give 10% of that, it's $5,000, right? There was a shita of the Beis Yosef, supposedly. The Beis Yosef has a tshuva in Avkis Reichel. Avkis Reichel was a tshuva safer from the Beis Yosef. And in the responsa, he says, you're allowed to deduct all uh, household uh, needs, and then after that, that's your earnings. Meaning, if you make $50,000 from your paycheck, you don't make $50,000 because you could deduct rent, you could deduct food, basic food, you can't go over the top, you could deduct clothing, you could deduct health insurance, and then if after the end of it you have $10,000, then you made $10,000 that year. That's the sheet of the base Yosef. Now the problem is, first of all, that's, that's, a, ma- that's, that's a big header because then... You're talking about people are not going to give a lot of meiser because it, it, for most people most people don't have a lot of nest egg after that, and also then it's also it's also how much money are you spending? Only the basic says within reason. Well, what does reason mean? Well, I'm sure our within reason is probably above their within reason. The truth is the overwhelming majority of Paisin disagree with this basic and not only that, there were some svarim. The Bach describes this, and there were other Paiskim that that even questioned whether he actually wrote this. They were saying that it can't be. It must have been a mistake in the printer. Or someone added it. It's a forgery. It can't be. So therefore, the accepted approach is again, assuming the people are not aniyim, but the average household, the accepted approach is you don't deduct those things. You have your your basic your your paycheck. You make fifty thousand dollars. You're allowed to deduct. First of all, it's, it's after taxes, but you're allowed to deduct. Basically, the same things, I'm not going to say exactly because I'm not an accountant, but a lot of the things that you could deduct from taxes, that you can deduct from your earnings. Meaning, $50,000 is how much, how much you get from your job. But there are certain things that you need to spend in order to have a job. I'll give an example. If you need to buy a suit for your job, you wear your suit every day. Your suit costs $500 and you didn't make $50,000. You made $49,500. And let's say uh, gas and tolls to get to work. You can deduct those also from your overall earnings. More than that. The Paiskim say you could deduct a babysitter, right? Because if you have a, a, a wife who has a job, she works in Besiakov, she makes $25,000, but she can't work if there's no one to take care of the kids. She's not going to be able to leave the kids alone. So if she makes $25,000, but it costs $10,000 for the babysitter, she didn't make $25,000, she made $15,000. Th- those things are reasonable, again, obviously within reason. So a car, you can't just deduct the cost of the car, but 
because if you need the car for other things, but you could deduct a percentage of it. If eighty percent, if 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 you're if you're basically only using your car to go back and work, say so you could deduct the lease from your car again. Not deduct it. Not that you could use miser money for these things, because a lot of times people say, "Can I use this for miser money?" You can't use miser money for that. That's supposed to go to the tzedakah organizations and the poor people. But you could deduct it from your overall earnings that you didn't earn as much this year, because you're using again legitimate expenditures of your job can be deducted from your overall earning. Um, I have a couple more and then I'm, I'm happy to open up uh, for Shilas. Um, another thing, the, the, let's say you have two, again, it, it's it's a little more complicated, but let's say you have, you see with stocks, it's a little bit tricky because you have to know it's only basically after you have a, a realized gain or a realized loss. If you're reinvesting it, then you didn't make any money. But let's say you have a situation like this. You have two jobs. You have two jobs. You have your main job and then you had a side hustle, a side, a side job, whatever. Your main job, you made 100000 Your side job, you lost fifty. The Paiskim say you're allowed to combine it. It makes sense. We don't look at it as like, well, you made 100000 from there. No, you, you overall, you look at all the jobs that you have, and if you're allowed to, again, and, and the reason why you're allowed to do that is because it's a minig. Because it's a minig, we're not going to be crazy machman say well uh, you know like if it was a deraisa then you'd say well you have your main job you made a hundred thousand your side job you, you you lost 20 well that that should be irrelevant it's a minig and therefore we do take it into account so if you have two jobs and and one job you lost a lot of money you are allowed to duck that from the overall earnings of the other job that's the rabbi forsheimer i checked that in the place to say now um a couple more things um okay the major rule when it comes, I have two or three or four more. Um, what could you use nicer money on? So obviously, aniyam is, is the best, but, but the truth is it's become a meaning of Kali Yisrael to use it on. On any Dvar uh, Mitzvah, any uh, Tzedakah organization is acceptable. Now, the main rule for Meiser, and this is from the Gemara, that Meiser uh, 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 does not come from uh, from uh, from chiyuvim, meaning you're not allowed to use Meiser money. This is true going back to times the Gemara of Meiser Sheni, but you're not allowed to use Meiser money on an obligation. So Machatzah Shekel uh, is an obligation. So because it's an obligation, you can't use Meiser money to fulfill said obligation. You could use it for an optional mitzvah. So I'll give you a, a, a practical application of this. Um, Again, there's obviously mitzvahs, but like, okay, so again, machzah shekel, matanis levyoinim. But for the record, you're allowed to use it on the amount that you go above, meaning, let's say matanis levyoinim, right, Purim time, matanis levyoinim, let's say the obligation for matanis levyoinim, it's a very big shiloh of how much is the minimum or maximum, but let's assume, just argument's sake, matanis levyoinim, you ask Yerov, and he says that you have to give the obligation to be fulfill your obligation of matanis levyoinim, you have to give $15. Let's say he says $15. Okay, fine. Let's say he says that. So you want to, you know, could you use my money for 15 No. But if you write a check for 100 to, to Hatzalah, 85 of it can be from uh, from uh, from uh, from uh, Maisa money because that eighty five is above the obligation that's considered an optional mitzvah. But I will say this though: a lot of times you'll make a pledge to an optional mitzvah. You want to give to 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 Hatzala, to Ohel, to Hask, all these wonderful obli- organizations, and and you pledge, I'm going to give ten thousand dollars, not thinking at all you're going to give Maisa, and not planning to give it for Maisa. The truth is, then it becomes an obligation because you made a neder. Then you're not able to use 
Meiser to cover your said obligation because it became a chiv, because you said it. And that's why it's always good to, to use, when you pledge, to have in mind that you're going to be using Meiser money. And if not, then you have to give it outside of Meiser money. So people will sell, buy aliyahs, right? They'll buy aliyahs, they'll go to a dinner. You could use Meiser money for all these things. But if you pledge without the intent of giving Meiser, and then you realize a couple days later, it's like, oh, I have extra, extra Meiser money. Let me just use Meiser money for this. Can't do that. Because now it became a chiyav. It became a chiyav because if you're uh, you, you obligated yourself to do this, and therefore that won't uh, then it becomes a chiyav, and you can't use maisa money to cover your chiyuvim. Now, two more halachas, uh, three more halachas, and I'll stop. Now, okay, this is uh, w- one quick one. Uh, you're allowed to use maisa money to cover uh, Chinese auction tickets. Uh, I get asked that every year whenever we do a Chinese. Auction. You're allowed to use maisa money, and the reason is very interesting. Is that true for Ramosha? Ramosha says the reason is it's because it's uh, it's not what people think. People think I, I've run Chinese auctions every year, and in people's minds, it's very strange. They mamish think that they're like that they're that they're like buying <laughs> that they're going to win. They think they they think, they think. Ramosha says that not only think they're going to win, they think that like you know that they're doing like a transaction. Like I'm buying this. And then, so if I win, it's like, you know, it's like a, like a lottery ticket. Ramosha says that's not how he perceives uh, Chinese auctions. Ramosha says the way he perceives Chinese auction is everyone is giving tzedakah. Straight up tzedakah. And it's not really an auction at all. But in order to incentivize giving tzedakah, you have to be able to give away a prize. Now, how do you give away the prize? You can't just pick one guy. Ramosha says, truth is, the Gabi should be able to go say, I like you. Here's the prize. But that would cause uh, fights, that'll cause Ava. So you go through the game of it's an auction. But he says, people, they're not buying tickets for an auction. They're giving tzedakah. Belev shalim. It's not like lottery that, you know, gambling. And all. He says, it's, it's belev shalim tzedakah. And therefore, you could use Meisim money from it. If it, was a gamb- if it was just like a lottery to get to win a prize, you wouldn't be able to use money. It's, it's tzedakah mamish. He does say, though, Rabbi Shishtambach says the same thing. If you do win, let's say you spend a, a, you buy a ticket for $10, you use Meisim money to buy the ticket, then you win. He says you don't have to, but you should reimburse Sadaka $10 because you did benefit. But he says you really don't have to, but it's a nice thing to do. Uh, the last two halachas is like this. If uh, at some point, if you read the Gemara, I think this is in, in Dafyaymi, I don't know, I think it was in Ksubis, above the age of six, from the Gemara, you didn't have to support your children anymore. As it seems from the Gemara, above the age of six, you didn't have to. You weren't mechoyev as a father. You could say, get a job. That's what life was back then. As Rabbi Kramer said on Sunday, they lived to like 35. So six, six years old was, a, was, a, was a, you know, getting old already. And now, okay. So therefore, the Paiskim do say that above the age of six, technically, all the food you're paying for your kids, I'm not talking about yeshiva, we'll put that in a second, the, you're paying for the food, and room and board, you don't have to, it's not, a, meaning if it's a chiv, you can't use mice and money to cover a chiv, but it's not a chiv, I don't have to above the age of six, yeah. so they're just poor people living in your home. No, 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 I'm saying it's a chiv, it's a chiv from Chazal, up to the age of six. No, over six, now it's a minute that's... Uh, oh, no, so I'll tell you, it changes. So, above the age of six, says the Shulchan Aruch, yeah, you think if you do it, uh, like, but six years old, above the age of six, so, so the Paiskim, original Paiskim said, what do you have to, you don't have to give them money anymore. Anything you're giving is because they're poor. They happen to be your poor children, so you should be able to use mice and money for their living expenses. Now, this is not the case anymore. First of all, as the Paiskim added, like as you saw over the hundreds of years, like 1500s it was six, and then 1650s it was uh, nine, and then 12. 
the truth is, Ramosha writes that it, it, it's. The, I think the legal age is what? Is it sixteen or eighteen? What's the legal age? It's, it's eighteen. 30, it's thirty now, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's eighteen. I think it's eighteen. So, so the, the truth is now, even though maybe from a halachic perspective you don't have to, but because legally you're responsible, therefore we consider that a chiyav as well, and therefore. Up to the age of 18, you wouldn't be able to. But I will say this. When they're over that age, you, you should be able. Let's say you have, you have kids. I'll go to an extreme case. You have kids that just got married that are living in Israel. They don't have any money. I, 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 I remember this. Uh, Rabbi, I was speaking to Rabbi Bloom once. Rabbi Bloom, that's all. And he just he said a funny thing that he said. Uh, he said two words, like two or three words can really change a lot. He said... I asked my child, I asked my daughter, like my son, how long they're gonna learn in Israel for? He said three or four years. He said that or four is a big deal. That he said that's, that's another year. So, the the truth is, if they if they're living in Israel for the first year or two, they don't have any money. So who's paying for them? The parents, right? I, I think, right? I don't know how it works, but I'm assuming someone's paying for them. They don't have any money. You're not mechuyev for sure, according to no paisik. Are you mechuyev to support married children halachically? So then you could use it for Meiser. Again, I wouldn't, I don't think it would be a good idea for someone to use all of his Meiser money for that because the Paisim do explain that it's a good thing to spread it out, it's a good thing to be a giver, and if you're just paying your kids, it doesn't feel like you're giving, but you're allowed to use Meiser. The last Shaila, and I'll end with this, and then I'll open if there's any questions. The last Shaila is, this is the very famous Shaila, and that's tuition. So, the thing is like this. Uh, let's go with boys and then girls. Boys yeshiva, you're obligated to teach your son Torah. So, because you're obligated to teach your son Torah, so you can't use Meisah money, Pashtas. Now, at what age does it stop? You have to ask a Shaila, even up to high school. Many Paisim said that in America, because you're obligated to send them to a yeshiva, or to some, some institution, then you would have to even, even up to high school. Base Medrash not, Base Medrash for sure not, Base Medrish you could use Meisah money for, but, but up to high school, now, now I will say this though, this is a caveat. If there are other yeshivas that are good, that are good options, that are cheaper. So let's say you want to send to, I'll, I'll pick this example, uh, not to get to uh, two institutions in the neighborhood. Uh, it's good to have, sometimes it's good to have two institutions, sometimes not, but it's good to have two institutions. And they have Yeshiva Katana and Tferis Moshe. Both very lovely, good, I'm sure they're, I think equal in my mind, I'm sure that someone's going to write to me, no, they're different. They're, they're good, both, Erlacha, good, good, Erlacha, Yeshivas, Yeshiva Katan and Tveris Moshe. I don't know the prices at all. I, I bechlal, and I, I don't mean, let's say one of them is 10,000, one of them is 8,000, okay? You want to go to the 10,000 one. So you cannot use Maisa for 10,000, but you can use Maisa for 2,000, because the other alternative is a legitimate alternative for $8,000. So 8000 is the chiyav, because you could fulfill your chiyav by going to the other yeshiva. The above $2,000 is, uh, is, could be used for meiser. Now, if there's an option that's cheaper, that's much more modern, I wouldn't use that, because that education is not as good. I don't think that's a problem, because from my experience, the more modern places where the education in Torah is not as good are way more expensive, so it's not going to be that negay. Now that's all when it comes to boys, and I'll end with this. Ramosha Feinstein has a very mechudish dikashita when it comes to girls. The shaila is Beis Yaakov. Can I use my money for Beis Yaakov? So you'll say to yourself, yeah, why not? There's no chiv to teach your daughter's Torah. It's a shaila about, you know, there's no chiv. There's no chiv to be, Talmud Torah is for your obligation. As binchem, there's a chiv to your sons, not for your daughters. So why can't I use my money for, for Beis Yaakov? So Ramosha Feinstein had a very mechudosh dikashita. Ramosha Feinstein said like this, you don't have to teach your daughter's Torah, but you are obligated as a parent to ensure that your daughters are as religious as possible. 
So he says, Ramosha, in America, it used to be, in Europe, you didn't have to send them to school at all. So if you chose to send them to a Beis Yaakov or any, sort, any form of girls' school, great, Matav Manaibi didn't have to. In America, you have to school them. You, you can't just not send them to school. So Ramayusha says, if the alternative is a Beis Yaakov, so if you don't send them to Beis Yaakov, because it's optional to teach them Torah, what's the alternative? You can't keep them home. Yeah, homeschool, but that's a more complicated thing. But you can't just not educate them. So what's the alternative? Public school. You're not allowed to send them to public school because you're mechuyiv al din. While you're not mechuyiv to teach them Torah, you're mechuyiv to ensure they have the best Jewish education. And public school doesn't fulfill said obligation. And therefore, Amosha says, in a way, you are obligated to send your daughters to Beis Yaakov because while you don't have to teach them Torah, you have to ensure that they have a Jewish education. And in America, there is no option of no education. It's either Jewish or public. And therefore, Ramosha says, you're obligated to send them to a Jewish education, in which case it's a chiv. If it's a chiv, you can't use bison money. That's the, again, if someone is strapped for cash, you ask a shayla, maybe there are those that disagree with Ramosha. That, that was always the shita that I, that I saw. But that's, uh, that's the basic, uh, again, that was what I jotted down before I came in. If there's any questions, I'm, I'm happy to, to take them all and we'll see, maybe we'll keep the recording going for questions, maybe not, we'll see. Is there a difference between if you see them, there's no difference. Meaning, that, let's say there's an Issa Daraisa of closing your eyes from an Ani. If you see him over there, <laughs> you're just like, I'm, go- I'm crossing the street. That's- you said the, the mitzvah tzedakah was if they approach you. Correct. So what I mean approach, I, I just don't mean that he literally doesn't have to like go in your face. Like if you see him right there, then that's probably considered an approaching. But you don't have to like seek them out. You don't have to call them on the phone and say, I heard you're an Ani, I'd like to give you money. But, but yeah. That's what that's. Do you, have to give my, do you have to give Meiser if the money you're getting is money that someone else yes. gave Meiser to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you gave the example of a couple in Israel. Yeah, for sure. The couple yeah. in Israel that got money from the parents. Yeah, you'd have to give Meiser. gave Meiser, now the couple has to again give Meiser? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, that is different. But my point is the fact that inheritance, I guess, inheritance. Your father was an Erlich, not your father, someone's father was an Erlich guy, separated him, I see, passes away. Then they send you money, you can't just say, well, it was already fixed. No, 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 no I didn't mean that. I meant the money they gave you was actual miser. 100% was my What do you mean 100%? A couple in Israel. It's example. not after my money. It's actual my Actual Oh, 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 oh. So in that scenario... Oh, I, I see, I see, I see, I see. Oh, so in that scenario, it depends how much... Uh, okay, so that's... They're giving you basically tzedakah money. The question is, do you have to then give my on tzedakah money that you're receiving? I see, I see, I see. So... so no, so the answer is, it, 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 in that circumstance, it depends how much money they have. If they only have enough money to survive, they don't have to no, separate because then they're in the, So then they would have to. Then they would have to. Yeah, so I, I, maybe I should clarify the stock thing. Yeah, so let, let me, let me, yeah, so let me clarify this. I actually, I thought all I said was, and I'm um, just going to clarify. What the, the stock, all I said is that it's complicated because it has to be a realized gain. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't mean. All I meant is that sometimes. Okay, I'll, I'll just. I'll leave it at that. When it's a realized gain and a realized loss, you would then have to chesbermise. I, I apologize. I, I just make that clear. Yeah. You, I, what a realized gain that you, you figure that out. Whatever. However, you're working. If you could give, let's say, instead of ten percent, you're able to afford thirteen percent. Al yuvazvez yoisim mechaymish. As long as you can go up to twenty percent for sure. Are you No. No, you fulfill the obligation with 10, and then above that is Matoiva Manoyim. It's great. You go up to 20, and then up to, above 20 is a Shailah. Yavaz is Yesim Mechaymish. But Halavai, that should no, be the so biggest problem. Either 10 or 20. No, 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 no. 10 is fulfill the obligation, and then above that, you become a bigger tzaddik. That's it. No.
20 is a Shiloh whether you're allowed to. It's a Shiloh because the Takanas Usha, because the Gemara says that in the city called Usha, the Bezdin made a, a stipulation you should not give more than 20 because they wanted to save Klal Yisrael from themselves because they know that Klal Yisrael are very giving people. And if you allow people to give, they'll give uh, the, the shirt off their back. So to protect them, that's brought down a Shulchan Aruch. Correct. It's. Well, so that's the Shaila. That, it's a Shaila in the Mefarshim. Is it also to give above 20? Or it's not Mechoyev? Yeah, like I said, uh, yeah, I have to ask a Shaila about that. 